We're we're right here. Meek, we're right here. Just just need someone to hold my hand. I'll just hold this tiny whale in my palm. Just, I wish I could hold your hand. Look to the northern star I, um... and know that it'll be the same northern star that the rest of us are looking at, except for Saf, who can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Because of the sweat in her eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tonight, I'm Rock Padron. We back, baby. Damn it. <laughs> Bones? Bones! Bones. This is actually a Tross episode. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was very clear. Yeah. There was, there was only one important thing that happened in Tross. It was Bones. It was Bones. <laughs> This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 9, standing by. Listeners, welcome to Mission One, Season 15, Episode 122. Of oh my god. Rock season 15. Yeah, we've had so many seasons arbitrarily. <laughs> Again, I say this every start of every new season, but when you, when you decide when the new seasons start, it's really easy to rack them up. <laughs> We're about to pass Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Take that, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, tonight, we are talking about the rise of Skywalker um, for some reason. <laughs> but before we do that, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2020. It has been a really long year so far. Uh, so a quick reminder of your hosts. If Danny, Rogue Six, was an item in my medicine cabinet... <laughs> I am an item in your medicine cabinet. Oh, I love the plot this twist. <laughs> They'd be a Costco-sized bottle of generic Excedrin because they help me out a lot, but also point out that I have some major problems I should probably address. Wait, what is that one? Um, Excedrin's a painkiller, like a headache. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Ash. Rogue Nine would be my coconut miracle oil because she does her job and has made my life easier since she joined Rogue Padre. <laughs> it's for my island girl hair. I, I appreciate the subtle shade at Heath in that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Uh, oh. Uh, Saf, Rogue Seven, would be my value size tub of belief true cream moisturizing balm yes because she works hard every day and helps even me out yes and i am a big fan of moisturizer it's important yeah. moisturize I mean, every day moisturizer is saf's other fandom <laughs> i have like four moisturizers right now danny yeah so <laughs> I, I just imagine the discourse on moisturizer twitter must be exhausting Oh, you have clearly never been on the skincare subreddit, Danny. Oh, oh no. Danny, don't. Danny, don't. Don't do it. Close the door. Close. Put Pandora's box back where you found it. But on Grey's Anatomy, the dermatologists are portrayed as being so calm and serene. Oh, my God. That's so fake. 
<laughs> oh no, two times in four minutes. That's, that's unprecedented. We have one host who is currently on paternity leave, and that is Heath, Rogue 3, and he would be Tums because mm -hmm. <laughs> all of the yep. Teddy give me Harper. <laughs> And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be Dry Shampoo because there's a lot of hype about it, but I'm unsure if it actually makes a difference or not, but I'm still going to keep you. Oh, Meg, Meg, Dry hey. Shampoo saves my goddamn life every day, just like you, so this seems right. <laughs> like, as someone with thin hair that gets greasy, like, relatively easy, Dry Shampoo is the absolute most important thing in my life. Yes. <laughs> so you're right. Great. Cool. So there are your hosts. Well, speaking of Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> I have a question about Star Wars. Uh-huh. Uh, so, last month we saw the release of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. It was the third and final movie in the third and final Star Wars trilogy. There's a lot of, like, finger quotes in there, but we'll roll with it. <laughs> um, so, I guess my question is, now what? Oh, God. That's a big question. I feel like the only answer can be the Yuzang Vong. Oh my god. <laughs> I think you're right. Please uh, don't take me seriously. <laughs> uh, that's an option, yeah. <laughs> Why? Yep. I don't know, it just feels right. So I'm with Ash on this. Yuzang Vong are weird aliens that people don't like, right? Yeah. Well... People, some people like them a lot. Why do people like slash not like them? Um, they, well, they're technically the villains of the of the series. They're yeah, there's the whole thing of like Palpatine built the Empire and everything to like preemptively defend against Yuuzhan Vong or something like that. So like the yeah. entire thing tries to redeem. Wait Palpatine a second. Like, Actually, he's a hold, good guy. Hold the phone. I hate. Yeah. Palpatine gets redeemed in the New Jedi Order. I, I blocked that part out. I do not remember that. I don't. Yeah, that's a thing. I know this because people who love the Empire constantly bring it up to try and prove me wrong, and I'm like, y'all are dumbasses. The, pro the problem, the problem with the Vong, I think, is that it was like the big. It was their big bad guy after Palpatine, and it kind of like negated a lot of the things that people liked in the original trilogy also it was kind of stupid because the new jedi order is kind of stupid <laughs> so people generally don't like it uh the problem with new jedi order is that it was 17 books long nope. and they were written by many different star wars authors and so quality vary <laughs> yeah um like the the aaron alston books um, of course, focused more on like wedge and pilots and stuff like that, and so and they were also very good. But then you had books by like other authors who focused on different things or focused on like the characters that they made, um, and so it was just not consistent. Um, but surprisingly, it was much more consistent than some things in current canon. But. <laughs> The quality was not consistent. Yeah. It was kind of a mess. Yeah. Like a fun mess, but still kind of a mess. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like there are at least a couple books in that 17-book series that are regularly regarded as, like, some of the best that Legends produced. Yeah, the Aaron Austin. Yeah. The Aaron Austin, of <laughs> yeah. course, right. Yeah. And uh, Star by Star. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, I... Wait. 
No, never mind. I just remembered the answer to my question as I was about to ask it. It's fine. Cool. <laughs> I was going to ask who the other uh, X-Wing author was, and I was like, no, it's Stackpole. It's Seth, Stackpole. you dumbass. Stackpole does have books in, in New Jedi Order. Oh, fun. Yeah, he they writes are. about Corrin. Yep. Oh, God. Why did you have to tell me that? Hey, I actually like New Jedi Order Corn. <laughs> New Jedi Order Corn is is exponentially better than X Wing Corn. <laughs> well, we need to read those someday so that we can redeem Ash's choice of call sign. Oh God, yeah. he is he is like jaded Jedi Corn Horn, and it's much better. I don't think I'm gonna like him. So sequel, people keep telling me I was gonna grow to love him, Luke? and I uh, less grumps. Yeah. See, I like Luke because he's super grumps. And also still really sassy. Yeah, he's still corn horn at the end of the day. Yeah. He's just mm-hmm. better. He's just better. <laughs> he he mellowed with age a little bit. Yeah. It's like hell Now he's hell horn. He's fully come into being his dad. <laughs> I assume. We never got to know his dad, just like corn. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> cool question. <laughs> yep. Um, I think we solved it. I think it should be a Ewok series written by myself. Um, That's a given. Yeah, yeah I'm here with and, that. And a Bazenchirut, young Bazenchirut, uh, when they become Guardians series. Mm. Um, yep, here for that as well. And nothing about Kylo Ren coming back with spider legs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's much of a chance of that one. Thankfully, because his entire body disappeared. I said that about Maul, too. I say, a lot of people said, a lot of podcasters were saying that about Palpatine in 1983, so. Yeah, but see, this guy's body, we saw it literally disappear. It faded into the ether. I told you, Palpatine just went for a ride. (laughs) This is exactly what I said in that episode. Great. (laughs) Well, it sounds like we solved it. (laughs) Because I know you listen to this podcast. Here's what you do next. Yep. XOXO. I do think we do, we're going to be getting a number of announcements in the next few months here between Project Luminous and then all these multitude of untitled television projects and movie trilogies. Now that Tross is out of the way, I feel like the, the time to open the pipeline on that stuff. I feel like my... I feel like it- I was going to say, I feel like my serious answer to this question is I feel like we're going back to the Old Republic era. Yep. Yeah. I um I think I said it last time we recorded, but like I would expect a bunch of stuff to come out in like February March because that's starting to get near the end of the financial year, um and that's when they want investors to be like, oh you're doing lots of stuff, um that's generally when a lot of announcements come out like with games and stuff as well, uh but also yeah I do think we'll probably get some old Republic stuff because people want that and people are clamoring for it and blah 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 and of course I'm here wanting far future Star Wars because I think that would be sick as hell, um like far enough in the future that they can't contradict stuff happening in the current timeline because like yeah. that stuff's in the past um like the, the old republic is for us now basically uh that's what i want to see uh, i don't know if i'll ever see that but that's what i want are you picturing like yeah. by far future like is has like technology and society also like evolved to a new point or like what like what is exciting to you about far future stories versus far past stories just the fact that like it literally could be anything you know like we already know kind of some old republic stuff like there's a general idea of that stuff and it could be changed up but just the way that current timeline star wars has also already like talked about it like that's kind of set in stone in a way um far future 
could really like you could take a lot of the current stuff and just like advance it in new and weird ways that i mm-hmm. think could be fun like i have no particular idea of what i'd want from it but the idea of like being able to jump far enough through star wars that nothing happening right now really matters and nothing needs to be referenced except for like legends and stuff um <clears throat> i think that would be really fun giant droid legs for all astromech exactly yes <laughs> I, yes no no thank you yes, yes. as my fa- my new favorite droid would say no thank you this is the, this is the future liberals one <laughs> giant droid legs um so should we get, should we get into trots must we yeah i actually wrote the notes this time so if they're a mess that's why um everybody congratulate ash on her inaugural run as rogue leader what a great way to kick off the new year (laughs) who who put okay the granny slapping dead speak (laughs) yeah they've been me that was you right no i was just making sure that just making sure we had editing capabilities we do (laughs) (laughs) surprise we do So we get quite possibly the weirdest opening crawl in Star Wars history. I don't like the crawl. The crawl, like, <laughs> I love it so much. The way it just started with the dead speak, I was like, "All right, I'm already 100. I'm I'm fins up, all in for this movie now." Oh, no. <laughs> I, I'm I'm in for that part. It's the second part where it's like Palpatine is back, and it's like, "Oh, we're jumping right into Palpatine if, being back. We're not going to explain it at all." And if you oh, want to no, know how, if you want to know how, go watch your Fortnite right. event. Yeah. <laughs> People are really mad about this, but actually, I think it's really cool in a way because um, Fortnite is like, you know, I think that our generation is like, ugh, what a stupid game for kids. But actually, it's really cool. Um, okay, then I have like, to ask the old person question: What is Fortnite, and what are Fortnite, you guys talking about right now? Fortnite is a video game made by uh, Unreal or Epic. It's made by Epic, who made the game engine Unreal as well. Um, Epic has a shitload of money, uh, but Fortnite's basically like a. I'm trying to think of. This the best way to explain this to you basically a bunch of players are thrown into onto an island which is rapidly shrinking with like a wall that's going to kill you basically and they have to fight each other until one of them survives and how does that explain how palpatine came back so basically fortnite is kind of like it's a it's a like what are they called player battle royale games um and a lot of it's about like building forts and stuff that's not important anyways but it's basically become instead of actually being like a game it's become kind of a social space for kids um or like the younger generation of gamers in the way that like, like they yeah like neopets like they play yeah. it together because it's a social thing to play but it's not necessarily about the game itself it's about having that space to play and like build their avatars and everything um so it's very much become like a solid place for that for the younger generations which is really cool um and so basically what happened is they had an event in this game which is a live game like it happens live everything okay. happens like there was i don't know if you saw it but there was when the season ended last last season ended they basically did a whole thing where everything there was like a live event where like all these rockets shot off which is related to other things and basically this big asteroid meteor thing like crashed into the place and this just created a singularity right like a black hole singularity and that happened to literally everybody playing online at the time even if they were in menu it got zooped into the singularity um and just went offline for like a day or so and nobody could touch it there was just a singularity and so there's like it's live right so everybody's experiencing this at the same time which is what happened with the message from Palpatine is they had an event where uh, 
J.J. Abrams and the guy from the Game Awards for some reason <laughs> were in like actually playing the game with people. Like J.J. Abrams had his own buff avatar and everything. Um, and so it was like a special Star Wars event um, that they had live in the game that people could play. And during that event, they had the broadcast from Palpatine that gets referenced in this movie happen. Um, so it was like a really cool live event for the people who play this game, which is a lot of people, even if you older folks don't play it, it's a shitload of people, (laughs) um, which you may not realize. And so it was like a cool event to kind of, uh, I guess like have like a play with real time games, like real, real world time games, which is like, I love live games. It's a really cool idea of stuff you can do in there. Um, and so I like they did the multimedia thing with that and also did it with an audience that maybe wouldn't have expected it as much. Um, and in a way, I feel like it really kind of respects them as fans too, being like, hey, you're part of Star Wars. Here, have this cool thing. Mm-hmm. And of course, like all of these other people are mad because either they don't play the game, they think the game's stupid. They're like, oh, well, now I can't experience it because it's already happened. Like, yeah, nah, that's the point of live games. <laughs> that's literally the point of this. Right. Um, is that it's meant to be a cool event for the people who are there. And if you miss out on it, like, yeah, that does suck. But there are videos. You can go watch those, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it's really cool. Um, and that people of older generations need to just let the kids have their fun sometimes. I had no idea that that happened, and that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was announced during the Game Awards. It was yeah. it was a wild time. Because I can absolutely see, time. like, canon purists just getting their panties in a bundle about it. Oh, absolutely. That's what was happening. <laughs> People were not happy. I was so mad. <laughs> that is the thesis uh, statement for this episode. People were not people happy. People were not, were not happy. happy. <laughs> Rogue Padron was happy. But right. that should tell you something right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So uh, Kylo Ren kills a bunch of people in slow motion. Looks cool. It looks real cool. Um, and then he finds Palpatine. And we find out Palpatine is back somehow because Star Wars. <laughs> um, <laughs> And people are actually pretty mad about that, but I was like, as a person who's read Dark Empire, I'm like, whatever. Right. I, I don't care. I love the Poe Dameron meme of, somehow, Palpatine is back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, they just, like, kind of hand-waved it. They're like, it's dark side shit, oh God, whatever. I love it. Like, yeah. it's fine. Don't worry I, about I, it. And even though it was kind of cheesy, I did appreciate the line that was, like, some th- uh, some pathways that are unnatural or whatever from his Yeah. Dark. I like that. It's like, I okay, that's... That. That's all the explanation I really need about right. this. I mean, I liked it because the Sith thing is always about finding some way to become a mortal, right? Yeah. And so it would make sense that Palpatine, who'd been like in power so long and had so much uh, stuff under his control, would have found some way to cling to life. Just, oh, God, that weird old man. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we find out that we see a jar of pickled Snokes, first off, and... Then we find out that uh, Palpatine was Snoke, and he was the voice in Vader's mask, and he's been every voice inside Kylo Ren's head, which I actually kind of so, like that. So, people took this extremely literally? Yep, they sure did. <laughs> no, Star Wars fans really? did that? <laughs> no. And it really bothered me. Uh, so, I don't really know which one is correct, but like, Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, does... You can't blame what he did on mental illness. No, <laughs> he is... No. Oh, God, no, you cannot. Like, I, 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 recognize... have seen, I have seen those takes, and that is not what they mean when he says voices in his head. 
So yeah, I recognize <laughs> what like people identifying with him because of like yeah stuff because same. Um, but like the voices in his head were not mental illness ones; they were literally just Palpatine pretending to be just people. Palpatine and, monologuing because like, that's what Palpatine does. Yeah, like I did from the start think that the Vader in his head wasn't like Vader and was like a manipulation probably by Snoke. Uh, obviously I did not guess it was Palpatine, but I figured that most of the stuff that he had seen in the force was not actually from Vader because Vader is obviously not a dark sider anymore. Like yeah. he doesn't exist anymore. Um, so when he actually confirmed that, I was like, yes. Yeah. Knew it. it was a weird like way to phrase it, I guess. And it did make a lot of people decide that Ben Solo was just a poor, innocent baby who's done no wrong, I guess. But it like, does show that he had been more manipulated than we had expected, but he still made the choices he made. Right. Yeah, he still made his choice at the end of the day. You know, Luke was also, like, had Palpatine in his head at a point, and he still did the right thing, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it did It did very much mirror um, uh, Kylo with Anakin, though, which I liked. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I've always thought that he was going to be kind of the Darth... Like, I didn't think he was going to be, like, the Anakin of the series, but I was like, he does fall under the Darth Vader, which means that he probably will like have a redemption, um, right. which I talked about a bunch of times prior to this. But I think I tweeted it after this. I was like, we both we get both Anakin and Darth Vader and Kylo kind of at the same time, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this helped mirror that. This movie made me like Ben Solo. What happened? Yeah, <laughs> and refer to him as Ben Solo. <laughs> welcome, welcome, friends, yeah. to the Ben Solo fan club. I don't like it. Well, well you I, just like being solo and not really Kylo Ren. Wait, before we go down this path, I, I just want to comment that I like Saf's point about uh, it being Vader and Anakin, because, like, one of the things I've been talking about the whole sequel trilogy is how, like, the heroes are also not just, like, um, rehashes of the same characters. They're, like, mm-hmm. they take different elements of all three into all three of the new trio. Um, so I kind of like that. Now we're seeing that with Ben Solo, too. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's, like, some Luke and Leia in there as well. And Han, of course. Like, they're all in there. <laughs> I've but never it's, felt... it's not just Vader 2.0, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never felt more like that's Han Solo's son than I did in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there were several times in this movie where I was like, that's Han Solo's son. Like his little shrug. I love his little that, shrug. Yeah, but there's a bunch of other stuff, too, where I'm like, okay, I see who raised you now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But how could he be raised? He was neglected as a child. Oh, oh my God. God. Sorry, I can't. I what, can't. What's the next bullet, Ash? Um, Palpatine reveals that there's a bunch of Star Destroyers that have been chilling in the Unknown region for Lord knows how long. I did like this as well, because for a long time, since, like, The Force Awakens, the Expand Universe has been, like, hinting at some kind of power grab. Like, things disappear into the Unknown regions. There being, like, other things that the characters, even the Empire and First Order characters don't entirely know what's happening. There's just some kind of big plan that is happening in the unknown regions. And so when they did this, I was like, this is it. This is the thing. This is the thing they've been hinting at for so it's long. Been, it's been Papa Palpatine all freaking along. All freaking long. <laughs> I am kind of curious how, like, Project Cinder, Operation Cinder, whatever the, whatever it is. Yeah, Operation, C- Operation Cinder. I am kind of curious how that fits into all this. Was and it I'm just sh- a distraction, I wonder? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I do still think they had something to do with, like, his ability to stay alive and yeah. dark side stuff, because it Definitely. feels very much like it. And I think, like, they couldn't really reference Operation Cinder and go into the details of that, because that wouldn't have made any sense in this movie. Um, but I do feel like at some point we'll get Expanded Universe stuff about that, I hope. I think we yeah. will in the in the, the squadron, in the 
Alphabet Squadron books. Yeah. I think that's I hope an appropriate so. place um, for them to follow up with that. I'd be down with that. Uh, I do like these Star Destroyers, though. They're cool. But what I want to know is, cool. like, it takes, like, thousands of people to to run a single Star Destroyer, right? So are all these crew people just, like, mulling around on these Star Destroyers under the ice, and their orders are just, like, someday when Palpatine decides to flick <laughs> yes. his fingers, then we're all going to be ready to go. Yeah, because they are the Sith fleet. Yeah, I think the idea was they're a bunch of Sith loyalists. Oh, they're all a bunch of yeah. undead like, zombies. Yeah, like, all of this is... Not necessarily. I think they're all people who very much a Sith loyalist. Um, like, there's a lot of them. And I'm not sure exactly where he got them from or anything. Like, I mean... I'm sure we'll a bunch find of out. So some of them were probably, like, born into it as well and, like, mm-hmm. raised yeah. in the Sith loyalist. And it's not like they really had anywhere else to go. They couldn't escape it. Uh, like, they're stuck out in Exegol. Um, Exegol. Whatever it's called. Exegol. Exegol. Eggs. There we go. Yeah, Exegol. Um, so I think that's very much what it is, is they were, like, people who are extremely into the idea of the Sith eventually taking over and winning and they're just like that's what they're indoctrinated into. Weird. Cults are weird. Also if I don't think about it too much it makes it's fine. Like just don't think about it. That's another good through line for this movie. Yeah. (laughs) So uh Finn (laughs) So Finn and Poe are on a date trying to get there's a spy in the first order. Claude Um, is also there. Claude is there. Claude is also there. Claude is the hero of the Rise of Skywalker, and I will not hear otherwise. I love okay. Claude. I I love that Claude is an engineer with 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 his head tentacles. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. I, I also <laughs> I also really like the scene of Finn and Poe playing the Jarek with Chewie. Oh my uh, god! Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but also Claude is there. Also Claude is there. The main star of the show is Claude. I, I want to know everything about Claude. I want to know where he came from, like, how he joined up with the Resistance. I want to know about his German parents. Like, Yeah, why he decided to become an engineer. Like, there's there's so much potential there. Right, like, is he the first... Are Is his species, like, largely engineers? Is that, like what those tendrils are good for. I think he's or like a first-generation college I, I student, like too. I feel he's kind of a first-gen. Yeah, and definitely. And like, I want to know about these struggles that he had to face, like, being, like, limbless in this field with a bunch of, like, you know, insects that have a bunch of arms and, like... Right, humans. all of his classmates have 15 like, appendages that they're using to fix things, and he is doing it all just with his head tendrils. His four head tendrils, and, yeah. like, I want to know about that struggle. And like I mean, there's stigma. Cowboy, there's so... only one Claude out there. Like there's there's stigma from his family too because they're like, "What are you doing with your life? We don't go off and become engineers." And so he's getting it from both sides. Wow. Yeah, it's he's the hero. <laughs> Claude's the best character in the Rise of Skywalker, hands down. Um, they uh they go on their. <laughs> Keep going. They go. There's a space battle. It's really cool. I wish I hadn't seen it when I watched The Mandalorian, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Shade. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I like I like how Poe and Finn have big Han and Luke energy in this scene, but they're not Han and Luke at the same time. Um, yeah. But it it has like a very similar vibe to that scene in New Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then they hyper hi- hyper hyper skip. Hyper skip. Yes, I was trying to think of how to say that, and I was like, "That's actually really cool. I love when they hyper skipping stuff like is a hyper thing. Hyper skipping, like 
I love I like when they it. introduce stuff like that, like the Holdo maneuver, stuff that like you know in Rogue One when they enter hyper uh, hyperspace from uh, atmosphere. Stuff yeah, like that. yeah. I like love wheeling with this. Like, I mean, with the Holdo Maneuver, again, like, people were complaining about this as well, because of course they were. Like, the Holdo Maneuver, obviously not, it's like, a ragtag group of rebels, they can't constantly do that, because they destroy all their damn ships, and, right. like, it might not work, because now that the Empire's aware of it, they're gonna be like, well, we're not gonna we... let you do that again, dumbasses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, like, this obviously seems really dangerous, like, it sets the entire Falcon on fire, <laughs> right. and... It's just cool, but also I kind of like how, in a way, it also like they're talking about how the Tie Fighters could track them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like it shows that the tracking tech that they used in the Last Jedi is something that they've managed to kind of keep using in a way. Well, also the ties. I don't know if the ties are jumping into hyperspace or if they're following like the Falcon, but ties typically couldn't do that before. I think right. I think it's established in this movie from that is that the ties can because. Kylo mm. uses just like a tie interceptor later with um yeah. hyperspace. So I think it's You're established right, that yeah. these first order ties at this point can jump in hyperspace. Which like it's um, about time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like took them what, like uh sixty or so years? Yeah. But do they still not have shields? I don't think they have shields, no. <laughs> Considering how easily they blew up on that trip. They yeah, gotta cut blew. corners somewhere, you know. Yeah. Um <laughs> So then uh, we go to whatever the rebel base planet whose name I can't remember. I saw this movie twice. Doesn't matter. I Does it have a name? I don't know. Um, and then we see Ray looking real cool, levitating some rocks, which was a, so I thought was a fun callback to Last Jedi. Um, you know, the, it's more about lifting rocks. Can, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I like it. And also, sure. she just looks real cool. Yeah, she looks so, she looks like the embodiment of a Jedi. She looks real cool. But I also like that they undercut it with, like, her being like, be with me, be with me. And then immediately she can't figure it out. She's like, they're not yeah, with me. she just gives like, up was- and, like, yeah. <laughs> flips over to land on the ground. Oh, my God, I love that bit so much. I was like, this feels like Rey from Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, okay, so don't tell anyone, but I have a Rise of Skywalker viz dick. And the planet's name oh is... God. Agin Kloss. I will just call it the resistance base. <laughs> yeah. Yevin point two. Yeah. I do like that it is almost the word floss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to remember the name of that planet. I've already forgotten it. <laughs> what happened? I miss Rogue One where they put the name of the planet. Yeah, in, I like, was thinking that whenever they, whenever they jump to a new planet, I was like, oh God, I really want those Rogue One subtitles right now. <laughs> Okay, but the Mandalorian needs that because I need to yeah. know for sure they're just oh not on Tatooine the whole time. Seriously. <laughs> That's um, why they won't. They're trying to trick me. <laughs> and then then we find out that Ray's been training under Leia. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah. She called her master. Oh, I cried. Not <laughs> when she called her master. I got so emotional. Oh, it's so good. Um, but Ray's trying to learn how to speak to the old Jedi. Which is kind of funny, because I, I thought they just kind of showed up <laughs> before, but I guess not. Well, I think in this case, it's Lisa. She's trying to talk to the ghost, but more trying to, like, find a connection to them through the Force. Yeah, It's like the Avatar state. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I got the impression of. Because she's not expecting ghosts to show up, because most of them probably can't be Force ghosts. Like Qui-Gon in um, Rebels and stuff, like, he couldn't actually turn up as a voice. He was just, I mean, as an actual person, he was just a voice. Yeah. yeah. Was he in Rebels? I don't know. Clone Wars. Clone Wars. That one. He was <laughs> also. One. I think he was. Who was in Rebels? I can't remember. Yoda was in Rebels. Yes. Yeah. It's a little like light thing. 
Except he wasn't um, actually dead, so I guess he was just doing a thing. <laughs> he was just force whatever. Just doing a force Skype call. Yeah. Um, I just realized how much this sentence sounds like a no- It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode. Uh, the gay finds out Palpatine is back. And... <laughs> I would love to watch that episode of It's Always I would Sunny. love, like, an Always Sunny's type thing with the Resistance characters. <laughs> My favorite one was the Always Sunny text, and it's the gang fucks Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, so they find out somehow Palpatine is back. Oh, this this, sen- this sentence writing it out is a lot more funny than I thought, or I thought it was a lot more funny than it actually is. And then uh, they're trying to figure out uh, where, how they can find him, and Ray learns from the sacred Jedi text that um... <laughs> the sacred Jedi text is always going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I my my one. The, the most annoying piece of discourse, I thought, was people who were like, how does Ray know how to do any of this stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. It's, maybe it's from the books that he's been reading um, yeah. that have the like, his, uh, history of what a Jedi can do. Maybe it's that. I don't know. Uh, like, literally the whole thing. And the, there was a whole thing. In, ugh, people keep saying this movie, like, retcons the entire Last Jedi and, like, disrespects and whatever. I'm like, this movie references <laughs> it so much. And the fact that, like, you know, and the movie she literally like stole the jedi text because she was like these are important and luke doesn't give a shit and then they get burnt like luke thinks they get burnt, burnt down and you're just like did you even read them and luke's just like ah <laughs> that's a sacred jedi text <laughs> yeah and it turns out like ray's actually like she's super interested in the jedi and being like the last jedi basically okay. um, Lu- and she luke wants is- to know stuff so she's actually reading them luke is a lot like me in the way that he's much more interested in like buying books and putting them on the shelf and making them look nice and actually opening them up and reading them. <laughs> but yeah. Daddy, I find that very relatable. <laughs> and Ray... I, go sorry, ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you go. You go. You go. Oh, and she, le- she basically learns from the sacred Jedi text that a Sith holocron... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Sith Wayfinder... <laughs> can uh, lead them to the Sith planet Exegol. Exegol. Exegol, yeah. Um, and then they gotta go find that. So it's a treasure hunt, which is kind of fun. We haven't really had that in a Star Wars movie before. It's fun. It's fun. So I I, fun. I feel like, I mean, any director that plays on a Star Wars movie is gonna face a lot of backlash in the weeks coming. I feel like JJ's been getting a lot. One of the uh, things that I found kind of humorous was the idea of JJ being like, it's a wayfinder. And the story group being like, we have a thing for that. It's called a holocron. And JJ's like, okay, but this one is called a wayfinder. This isn't a holocron because it doesn't actually have, like, information in it. Like, it's just a thing that you can, like, it's got the way to get to this planet. But How, it's not like is a holocron that not where you can, like, unlock it and it, like, brings shit up. It just, you plug it into your ship and it tells you where to go. And, and like, even if it, like, the, I don't understand this whole thing because, like, what, I just assume that, like, Holocron is the overarching title and then it's, like, subcategory is Wayfinder. Like, there's a bunch of different Wayfinder Holocrons. Are you suggesting that there can be different names for things? Yeah, essentially. I, I, almost <laughs> like the Sith planet has two names. Almost like the other Sith planet has two yeah, names. It's, like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a specific kind of holocron. It's a Wayfinder holocron. 
No, I read yeah, it as and like, it's like I read it as like it is a holocron. They just don't know what a holocron is, so they just call it a Sith Wayfinder because that's what, See, the, Je- so that's what many, the Jedi book said it was. So know. many reasonable reasons to not be annoyed about this. What a wild time! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they go to the desert planet of Pasana, which is the one planet name that I remember from this movie, uh, to go look for the Wayfinder. So many names. Wow, a desert desert planet. How unique. (laughs) A desert planet in my Star Wars? It's more likely than you think. No, Um, hang on. I did a scientific analysis of this, and statistically speaking, desert is the most likely ecosystem for a planet to have. And actually, it's true. It's either going to be ice or desert. Based based off of the percentage of land on our planet that is different ecosystems, desert or ice, which is also a desert, essentially, is is the most common uh, land based ecosystems. Yeah, listen, also look like yeah. at the start of the movie they gave us that weird like float and ice thing. They were like, cool, we've done the weird planet here. We can go back to deserts. <laughs> back to and, like, back to our usual fare. And like I live in the desert. So it's nice to see Star Wars characters who live in the desert. It makes me happy. Nice having some representation. You have so <laughs> much representation. representation. You That's have how I felt so when they were on the rebel planet. That with Man, the tropical no. representation. You have so many des- desert planets are the white brunette women of Star Wars. <laughs> it sounds like what you're saying is that fans of not desert planets are the most depressed group of fans in Star Wars. <laughs> So oppressed, Annie. So oppressed. <laughs> Moving we just, on. We, I need more tropical Star Wars. I got what, like the Rebel base floss or whatever, and uh, Scarif, and that's it. That's all I've got. Like it sucks. Moving on. Can we talk about how three PO is the unmitigated star of this movie? Really? This movie made me really love and enjoy three PO. Like I love him because he's one of like you know the main Star Wars characters, whatever. But this made me actually really appreciate him as a character. I love when they were like. They, they're on Pasana, and 3PO's, like, very happily telling them facts about the festival, and they all turn around to look at him, and then 3PO turns around to see what they're looking at. <laughs> see, and that's the thing, is, like, what I love about 3PO is that, like, his humor is unintentional. It's because he's trying to understand humans and, like, doing his best, but, like, there's obviously a disconnect. Whereas, like, the prequels made him really, like, slapsticky to try to be funny, and, like, Therefore, it was just the prequels, though. Yeah, like negated the 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 uh, the genuineness. Yeah, or just like sincerity. natural humor that like three PO has because it's that same it's that same character that you see in a lot of sci fi where it's the alien or the robot who's like trying to understand how to be human and therefore like lets us see kind of the ridiculous in humanity and like that's why he's charming and funny and like 3PO had so many of these moments through this movie and I think it's also because like as I feel like as an awkward person I can identify with that too Ah, yes. awkward representation <laughs> god damn it it's 3PO like I haven't enjoyed 3PO this much since like Empire Strikes Back um because I feel like somewhere along the way they just turned him into a punching bag oh, like, yeah absolutely and and it yeah, stopped it stopped being funny like after Return of the Jedi, um, but like I like that they actually appreciate. I'm not gonna lie, I do enjoy him in Attack of the Clones when he gets switched over with a Baltroid. I find oh, that very so funny because he's like shooting people. He's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I find that I yeah. always find that trope really funny in sci-fi is when somebody doesn't want to be doing that 
but their body for some reason is, and they're like, I'm sorry. It's it's very good. Yeah. But I like that they actually like give him a chance to have moments of sincerity in this movie. And like and then may, it makes you think about the fact that he has been there for all of this. Mm-hmm. And he kind of deserves to be treated like the original trilogy characters, like Han, Luke, and Leia. So yeah. I like that this movie actually respected 3PO. And like like Force Awakens, it was funny, like, oh, you probably don't recognize me because of the red arm. I mean, that was great. But in Last Jedi, Leia was just like yelling at him and everybody was like, get out of the way, 3PO. Like, stop, just go away. And I liked, I like that this. nervous expression off your face. I do like that, though. Because yes. <laughs> he's like, oh, I will try. <laughs> but I, li- I liked in this movie that 3PO gets to... I mean, it wouldn't have worked without him, right? Because he, we find out later, he has to translate the Sith dagger. So he's actually well, like, really important in this movie. Too. Yeah, I love it. Um, um, before we go too much further, I just want to say that the song that they're dancing to uh, in Pride is such a bop. Yeah, I oh, get so ex- like it just fills me with so much joy when they're all like dancing to the song on Pasana. Oh man, it's good. It's very good. Pasana looks like a good time. I would love to go. Yeah, you I know, like it. forty in forty two more years. Yeah, for this like shout this out to that Diwali not subtle egg. Easter egg to when the first Star Wars movie came out. <laughs> 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 it's been forty two years since the last time we had this much fun. <laughs> Um, so Ray, Poe, and Finn go on Pasana and they're trying to figure out some clues to figure out where the Wayfinder could be. And Ray and Kylo Ren have a little chat through their force bond. And this is where they establish that, like, they can physically interact with one another while they're Which in this. actually thing. is kind of established in, in The Last Jedi when she's on the rainy planet and he's not. And after their little force connection, There's he wipes rain. rain off of his face. Yeah. People are like, oh, this is new. And I was like, actually, actually... Actually, it's expanding from the Last Jedi once again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a really, I, I really like. I mean, within the movie of the Last Jedi itself, there's a cool progression of how, like, each time they have a force bond, it becomes more, they become more viscerally where each other is. You know, kind of culminating in the hand touch. Um, but then, and then, so yeah, this is just the logical kind of next step to where they've had a year to really practice this and this is where they're at you know unfortunately practice it right unintentionally you can tell practice how sick it. Of it they both are <laughs> yeah i love i i love i've seen some interpretations that like when ben shows up in ray's vision when she's training it's the first time she's seen him in a year but that is definitely not the take that i got my take is that it happens no, all the time and she's so yeah. done with it she's and so she, done with she's it just like why is this always at the worst times and i i liked it because it's not like they just introduced it for no reason. There's actual payoff yes. to it yeah. later in the movie, yeah. which is that moment. And also is great. visually, oh yeah, visually it's just cool. Yeah, it's like who cares if a Star Wars thing makes sense if it looks cool? It's all that matters. <laughs> Rule of cool. And it's like the Force is something that nobody understands because it's there to be, basically be a plot device, right? If you write yourself into a situation where you kind of have to figure something out, you can basically just go, well, it's the Force. And it's fine. And there's no, like, rules for how it does and doesn't work. Um, unless you're Han Solo, I guess. And... <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no... Look, he's trying his best. Never, he's never felt the force. He's trying his best. I like to believe that Han Solo has never, like, actually felt the force. But he's just like, my wife. I, I love Leia, so I'll deal with all this force BS. If I'll I pretend need. I understand. I'll pretend I understand. <laughs> um, 
So the gang walks around uh, Posada for a little bit, and then they run into somebody, and surprise, it's Lando, and it was great. I loved it. it there was Lando, Lando. Lando, Lando. Oh my God, I love him. I love Lando so much. I was so pleased when this happened. And I also like that it established that they need to find Ochi, or that Lando tells them they need to find Ochi's ship. And I love that it it established that like Luke and Lando hung out after Return of the Jedi. They went on a couple yeah. of adventures together. I love Listen, that. Luke and Lando made out a little bit after the Return. Oh, of the Jedi. okay. <laughs> I'm actually gonna connect this to um other stuff, but. Once again, here I go. But in the Lando comic, like the miniseries that Charles Saul wrote, um, there's a whole thing of how he kind of learns about how like the Sith artifacts definitely affect people and have uh, kind of effects on people because it's like a Sith, an ancient Sith helmet or mask or whatever that kind of right, turns right. his entire team weird and angry, um, possesses them basically. And so I like the idea that like he has that knowledge and like him and Luke talk about that as well. Yeah. Um, and that's why he's kind of got an interest in helping Luke with this stuff. Or also that Luke would ask him to come along to be like, hey, like, you got some good skills. Han was probably so jealous. Han was pissed. <laughs> but Luke's like, you have a girlfriend. Leia's like, Han, we have a kid now. You can't just <laughs> run off, off to Seth. And Han's like, but my friends are going. <laughs> but they're like, Chewie's staying here at least. <laughs> no, uh, Han and Chewie are actually separated at that point. Chewie goes back to Oh, to yeah. Cheek. All right. Oh, God. Can we pretend that doesn't happen? <laughs> oh, hey, Chewie deserves to be with his family. Lumpy's there. <laughs> that's true. Oh, God. Thank God. Yeah, Lumpy's that's true. There. I have never been, side note, I've never been more happy because I had to listen to my Skyhopper's co host, Ben, tell me that Lumpy was never going to be canon. And then we read Aftermath. We, we read Aftermath Life Debt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like screw you, Ben. I was right. Lumpy's Lump- canon. <laughs> Lumpy's canon in multiple books. So like, shut up. What other books is Lumpy in? Um, one that I read, which was definitely not Aftermath Life Dead. <laughs> was it the Mighty Chewbacca and the Forest of Fear? I think it was a different one. I think it was like an actual one. Was it oh. um? Was it last? Not last order. Last or shot last, or last shot. I bet it was. Yeah, it was last shot yeah. because I immediately like texted dinner and was just like, Lumpy's cannon! <laughs> and that was maybe before we were dating. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> Lumpy's cannon. <laughs> um, so, Lando, Lando basically tells them where Ochi's ship is, and that's where they're going to find some information about where to find the Wayfinder. Uh, and I did kind of like, you know, Lando saying, Give Leia my love, and Ray, like, Give it to her yourself, and it's sad that we could not, we couldn't get that scene, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they they go to find Oshi. Also, in my brain, he's like, "Give Le- give Leia my love," because Han's gone now. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Learn learn some stuff from Wedge there, have you? <laughs> my, my one complaint about Lando in this movie is there was never a scene where he got to be sad about the fact that Han's dead. Yeah, they just, like, I guess, didn't have the time for it, which is sad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I but, think there, there could have been a very easy solution, and that was to take out Greg Rumberg and put more Lando in. Wow, what a exactly. shock that that's the solution to so many problems this movie has. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly it is. We're going to have to do a whole separate episode about the uh, the Snap Wexley death scene cuz I feel like we're going to need we're going to need a full episode's worth of time to talk about how many feelings we had. 
positive. That we're all positive. There's just one feeling, Danny, and it's a joy. Joy. <laughs> Vindication. Sorry, oh bliss. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? Maya read spoilers because she was not going to go see the movie if Snap didn't die. <laughs> oh my god, it's so Maya. petty and it's so perfect. <laughs> she literally texted me, like, Thursday, like, the day it came out, and was like, I might go see it tonight, I don't know. And then, like, later she's like, I read some spoilers and I'm, it's okay if I go. And so, like, after I saw it, I was like, what was that about? She's like, I had to make sure Snap died. oh i lost my place oh oh so they go to find they go to find ochi's ship um and on their way there they fall into some quicksand because this is a saturday morning cartoon uh in the best possible way so they fall into some sand pits (laughs) do you know how good i used to be of quicksand when i was a kid i did not realize it's not really a problem in day-to-day life so many problems with quicksand. It's because, like, one of our beaches, like, up north somewhere has, like, quicksandish stuff, I guess. And so I was like, oh, no, all the beaches on New Zealand must have quicksand. No. No. Quicksand's not a problem here. It's fine. Um, this was the part. So they fought through the quicksand, and Poe, like, catches Ray, right? Like, bridal style. Oh, cute. It's very cute. Yeah. And this is the point in the movie where my sister leaned over to me and went, oh, no, I ship it. I was like, I'm not gonna lie. I started seeing it as soon as like they had their first conversation right started the movie. I was like, oh, I see why people ship it now. I'm into this. My friend, uh, my friend Alex, face. We, uh, we were talking about this the other day, where she was re- she like read the entire movie as Poe and Finn are both in love with Ray. <laughs> I was yep. like, That's oh my god, I can see, I can see that. Yeah, that's certainly a read. Um, and uh, yeah, so they so they fall into the quicksand. They try to get out this is a great uh, has my favorite 3po moment of the movie where (laughs) poe falls and he's like finn ray and 3po's in the back like you didn't say my name sir but i'm here too (laughs) yes but i'm okay (laughs) i'm all good don't worry about me i love that oh 3po (laughs) i also love the bit with the flashlight ray that's so good gosh this whole scene's great um also also we cannot forget the most important bit bones the bones. They find bones, bones, and then they all say bones. They all say bones. Even Chewbacca says bones. If like, you are listening bones. to this and you didn't think of us in that moment, then I, I'm sorry. I don't know what, what, where we failed you, but we have clearly failed you. I started laughing, I and everyone laughing. was very confused. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, I started I laughing. Exact same thing. Bones. I laughed. I laughed very hard. Um, <laughs> and then I think I like kept smacking like general leader i was like bones <laughs> and this is what i was like oh this movie is gonna be for rogue padron yes correct um they they navigate through the sand maze they heal yeah. ray heals a worm it'll be important later and then they find a knife <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, i also I- like that um Poe was like, my favorite thing about this is that Ray just hands Finn her lightsaber and he just takes it. Like, there's just, there's no conversation there. They're just like, okay. So it's like, clearly she just does this all the time. She's like, here, hold my lightsaber. I need to go do something. He's like, I'll hold your lightsaber. It's all good. Um, But also it kind of like establishes that he is comfy with the lightsaber as well, um, which I think is cool because it's a good old throwback to The Force Awakens and also some pre-throwback to (laughs) the rest of this movie. Yes. That's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Um, yes, and then Poe's just like, I'm going to shoot this worm. And everyone else is like, please don't shoot the worm. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to shoot it. 
which is literally how I play video games with everybody. They're like, Saf, don't shoot the thing. And I'm like, but I, but I want to shoot the thing. <laughs> it's like, I, I've been playing Witcher 3 and a friend came over and I generally will do like a pacifist run of every video game if I can. I'll like try to talk myself out of it. And my friend's just in the background, like the devil on one shoulder going like, kill it, just kill it. What are you doing? Just kill it. <laughs> I'm that friend too. <laughs> um, also, we did not mention, but as they're falling into the quicksand, Finn's like, Ray, I never told you something. And then oh, there's, nothing, later. there's no more to that. And Poe is so jealous that Finn is not telling him something. Right. Like he's like, but, but I am your best friend. You have to tell me the thing. Right, and because like, later, he's so Oh, because Ray when Poe's not here? Yeah, because Ray's like, what was the thing? He's like, oh, I'll tell you later. Oh, later when Poe isn't here? Which had, which and had real... And like, yeah, exactly. Which had real big, could you tell Luke? Is that who you could tell? Angie. And I exactly <laughs> what that was. That's it's my favorite thing, because it's clearly like, Ray, like, Ray is just off doing her Jedi thing, and Finn is best friends with both of them, and Poe is like, super jealous that Finn has another best friend, and... Like, so him and Ray are, like, constantly, like, bickering like a married couple, and Finn's just like, oh my god. Glazed over it, but that, the, them, Art, Poe, and Ray arguing about setting BB-8 on fire, and then setting, or setting the Falcon on fire, and then, like, a tree falling on BB-8, and, like, that whole fight is, like, because they're all, both of them are also jealous that Finn has another friend <laughs> yeah but also i do like that as soon as they get there pose just like you should have come with us this wouldn't have happened if you were here kind of thing like yeah. so they have this kind of like bickering jealous friendship with each other but they also respect each other a lot and are really good friends too it is yeah. really han and leia-esque not saying yeah. it's like i ship it or it's a romantic thing that they're implying yeah. but like it is real like han and leia because they, because I mean, Leia in Empire is basically like, we need you, you idiot. So stop being an idiot. Like, yeah. Like, Why are you so good at flying and so terrible at everything else? The whole um, dynamics between the three of them was just so spot on. And I think that that was the biggest thing that I walked away with this movie being like, okay, good. Yeah. 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 I could forgive a lot of stuff if we get good, like, trio dynamic. And we got great trio dynamic in this. Yep. Yeah. Um. So they find the Sith. They find the Sith knife that has like ancient Sith writing on it. Uh, Chewie puts it in his little satchel. Uh, which also Chewie, I feel like is is one of the characters. There's a lot of characters that didn't really get their due in this movie. I feel like Chewie was definitely one of them, but I don't feel like he ever gets what I feel like he deserves. I don't that know. said, Both Eunice like acted the heck out of Chewie in this movie, and the scene that got me the most emotional was when Chewie hears about Leia's death later on. Like it's <gasps> all, there's no there's no oh, sound, God, it's all me. visual, but just the way that he falls to his knees just like is a oh gut punch. And it yeah yeah so uh so they so they get out of the sand tunnel <laughs> and they find Ochi's ship. And while they're trying to get it to work, she, uh, Ray goes outside because she feels Kylo run in the Force. And um, uh, Chewie goes outside for whatever reason and gets captured by the First Order. And they and just like, Chewie, go get Ray, please. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he gets captured by the First Order, and I was very upset. I was like, this poor... He shows up in the Clone Wars, and he gets captured. He, he gets captured, like, all the time. Leave Chewie he's alone. not very stealthy. No. I mean, he's like a seven-foot-tall Wookiee. So. Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like maybe he gets captured too much. 
it, it reminds me of another great acting moment though earlier on when they were like when they're like blend in and so Chewie like crouches down amongst all the other festival goers like there you My go good blending the way, Chewie the other day at work to hide from someone so I feel like that's a very real life thing it's like yeah. Chewie's been with this organization like the rebels and then the resistance for like going on more than 30 years and the that's Jedi, the that, like, right like, and that's the best he's able to blend in <laughs> Uh, I've been hanging out with a bunch of white people. Like. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, and they, they shove him onto a transport. They see, Ray and Poe and Finn see this. Ray tries to rescue him by grabbing the transport with the Force, which was real cool. Mm-hmm. So, so I was cool. like, ooh, love that. Um, and then Kyle shows up. <laughs> and uh, they, ha- they have a little uh, uh, back and forth. Trying to get this. I do like one thing I like about this is the audio design of it was really cool because the way Kylo uses the Force has like a slightly different sound to it, which is kind of stuck around since uh, the Force Awakens, and I really dig that. Yeah, it's there's like something about the way that they do they do Kylo Ren specifically using the Force. Like I remember when he stopped that blaster bolt in TFA, there's like a real visceral reaction to it, and it's the same way that Mm. like. That, like, J.J. did the warp drive in the Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. The same, like, punch to it. So that was great. And they, ba- they basically get in a tug of war over the transports. And Ray accidentally uses Force Lightning, destroying the transport. Uh, and presumably killing Chewie. Which was, I was real upset. <laughs> oh, I was, uh, I was stressed. Raise your hand yeah. if you fell for this. I fell for this. I was 100%. Wait, Saf, you did? I fully fell for this. Oh my gosh, yeah, I was, I was like, oh my God, fully prepared for you to be like, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. No. Wow, they got I all of us. I there were two transports. I did not realize. And yeah. so when they did that, I was like, I turned to my friend and I was just like, what? It's real sneaky. And like the second time you watch it and then you look for the transport, it's like, oh, duh. But duh. it's just, yeah, the way the way they do it was so, yeah. They got well, me. I, they don't see it up at all to like, because you know it's the final movie of the trilogy, right? And right. like they've already kind of advertised it being like, oh, 3PO probably dies. So it's like, if they kill Chewie, you're just like, oh my god. Right, was... and like there's already this tension like in the resistance and like that's also weighing on Ray. So I was like, oh, they're going to use this to drive a wedge between them and not yep. the good wedge. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was scared i was crying already i was like how could they do this at least in the new yeah, Jedi i order, was on the brink of crying like <laughs> yeah i was this i i'm gonna be totally honest this was when i went there was a couple of moments upon a first viewing of this movie where i went i hate this screw this movie this was one of them. <laughs> this this was what, where i was like no they did not just kill you i'm nope i'm done nope <laughs> I'm going to go back reading the new Jedi Order, screw this movie, and then he was fine, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Wait, your response to seeing Chewie die on screen was, I'm going to go back and reread the new Jedi Order? Okay, at least when he dies. In which Chewie dies in the first in book, one. if I'm not correct, right? No, but it, at least at least in that one, he died because they dropped a moon <laughs> on him. Oh, sure, instead See, of a single transport. <laughs> And it's the save. And it's to save um, Anakin. So like, how do you drop a whole ass moon on someone? I do not. It's the only way you can kill Chewbacca. We'll find out in twenty thirty seven, Saf. Magnet. Oh, I'm excited for that. Um. Uh. Da, 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 da. So yeah. So Ray's real sad. Talks to Finn. They have a scene where I was like, "Ooh, I don't like this." Where Ray's like, 
people keep saying they know me, but I don't think anyone does. And I forgot to mention. Gia I was Pinox, right. Okay, wait. But... I was right. I was right because when the trailer there came out, it was like, "Oh, she's talking to Kylo. This Raylo. This Raylo." And I was like, "Nah, she's talking to Finn. I know it." And I was yeah. right. Yeah. Of course she's talking. But to also, Finn. they did cut her line so that instead of her saying "No one does," she's saying, "I think like I'm. I'm afraid no one does." So she's like, she's not doubting that Finn knows her, but she's doubting that anyone, including herself, actually knows her. Right. Knows what she's capable of. Like. Yeah. Yeah. That that it was the backwards lightsaber all over again. Right. Yeah, it was her doubting herself of like she's she might have this darkness within her that she doesn't like. Yeah, that's a mood though. Yeah, as yeah. someone who got diagnosed with bipolar last year, that's a mood. Yeah, right. It's it's that it's her fear that she's going to hurt someone, and she did. Well, oh, that she, she already has. Did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that she was and- trying to do something good and then <laughs> accidentally hurt someone real bad. But I do love how the movie never plays it up as them blaming Ray for what happened. Yeah. Finn is like, it yeah, wasn't no, your fault. Yeah, and, and, and I feel like in a lesser movie, they might have. Yeah. Um, but I like that I like that Finn was basically like, it's not your fault. Like, Ren provoked you. It's like, there's nothing else. You, try, you did the best that you could. So I thought that was pretty great. Yeah, and she says that he didn't, but it's like, nah, he clearly did. Like, Finn's actually saying the objective truth here, and Ray's just doubting it because, you know, she just... Might have killed one of her best friends. Yeah. Um, and then Dio shows up, which is great. Oh, Dio. Oh, my God. Bless this little droid. The moment it turned thank up, you. I was like, oh, my God, I'm in love. No, thank you. No, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we could all stand to be more like Dio in 2020. Yeah. Also, Clearly. something that um, I think Megan, my co-host on Blaster Cannon, pointed out is that, like, BB-8 sees Ray heal this, like, give some of her... Because she actually tells BB-8 that, like... Um, don't worry, like, I just gave him some, like, force energy, some some of my life kind of energy, <gasps> and she's like, you would do the same to BB-8, and then when BB-8 and then sees Dio, BB-8 gives him some energy and recharges his battery. Oh, BB-8's a little Jedi droid. BB-8! Yeah! The canon Skippy, I, the, the Jedi droid. BB-8 is the student that Rey had all along. Yeah. Didn't even know, because BB-8 was there with her along the training course and everything, like, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Hello! Your son is force sensitive! <laughs> and then BB-8 um, is going to train CB. Oh, uh, it's so good. I was I was thinking a lot during this movie. I'm like, so like, do Poe and Ray co-parent BB-8 now? They do. Yeah. yeah. I think they do, yeah. And now BB-8 and CB-23 co-parent Dio. Aww. It's a multi-generational <sighs> family. <sighs> Dio is... Dio's design is great because it looks, it literally looks like a little duckling that's following Mama BB 8 around. Yeah. <laughs> and also, his voice is so cute. Just, no, thank you. That was so good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> squeaky wheel. JJ, I have a JJ Abrams. Wheel. <laughs> is voice. it JJ Abrams? It's JJ it is JJ Abrams. Abrams. Yeah, he's oh, created hate, it for it. I hate myself now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, his voice is so cute. And then I, I saw that it. and I was like, it's so funny. Oh. <laughs> his voice is so cute, but. <laughs> I feel a bit weirder about it. Oh, that's JJ now. I mean, that's the day that Chris Terrio does Aftab's voice. Extremely disappointing. Oh, no, I hate that. What the frick? Uh, and then almost as soon as we see Chewie die, we find out that he's fine. <laughs> and he's on the... Thank God! Yeah. I'm glad they didn't leave us hanging on this one for very long. They're like, we're, there's going to be a lot of ashes in the audience. We can't leave this going too long. This was, I think I said out loud, oh, thank God, in the theater. 
Everybody I think I might have done the exact same thing. I, I had a very visceral moment of relief. This reveal was also one of the approximately 30 seconds of cumulative screen time that Hux had in this movie. <laughs> I really, I really love, oh God, I love Hux in this movie. Cause I he's said just it. so. I called it. Like, you Hux did. is going to turn, but it's going to be because he hates Kylo Ren. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. I don't care if you win. I just want Ren to lose. That was so great. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> Mood. He's such an embarrassing little weenie in this too, because like Kylo's like, "Oh, I see that you're a little, a little unhappy with my new helmet design, Hux." And Hux is like, "No, it's fine. I love it, sir. It's great. You look great. It's <laughs> so good. How else can I compliment you today?" And <laughs> there's another great quality three PO moment that happens where they're talking about the Sith knife, and they're like, "Well." It's destroyed. I got destroyed with the transport. And 3PO's like, yeah, it's too bad. It only lives in my memory now. <laughs> so, People so are also really mad about the fact that, like, for some reason, 3PO can't, like, translate the Sith thing. And they're like, and he's like, he, he like, offhand says something about how the Senate passed it. And everyone's like, oh, why would the Senate do that? That's so stupid. And I'm like, it was probably Palpatine Senate making that a role so that droids couldn't, like, translate secret Sith stuff. Um, right. And yeah, so there's there's also this great. I mean, there's this great thing about three PO where or where or there was this thing about three PO where people were mad about it because they were like, why would Anakin put that in his programming? I'm like, it's pretty well established in Phantom Menace that three PO is a protocol droid that Anakin fixed. He didn't like yeah. make three PO. He put it. Together. He Anakin doesn't know how to program. He knows how to build stuff. There's a very right. and, and and then. It, 3PO and, like, ended up as Padme's droid, basically. Yeah, yeah. And he even says, like, the Senate passed it, like, and acting like it could just be the New Republic Senate or the Republic Senate is like, no, the Senate existed in the Empire for quite a while until... Uh, until New Hope. Yeah, until yeah, until the New Hope when it gets dissolved. Like, I think it was probably a Palpatine move there. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a Palpatine move because, like, he wanted to make sure... Like, no one else could dabble in, like, Sith stuff besides him. Yep. Yeah. Because um, the only way that any of this was going to work was if he was doing it all in the shadows. Right. Once again, so many fair reasons to not be mad about this, and yet... But what if we could be mad about it instead? <laughs> um, oh, so they, so they can't... So 3PO can't translate the knife... <laughs> So they have also, to go to- this is a really funny like dynamic of three people being like, "Yes, I know exactly where this thing is, and I just can't tell you." It right. was I- it was very reminiscent of Han and three PO's relationship in that moment, where where all three of them are just like, "But, but." The one and three PO's just like, "I can't. I'm sorry." <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So they have to go to Kajimi, but Poe's got some kind of a dark backstory on Kajimi. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Kajimi also looked very cool. Kajimi was cool. Kajimi felt such a cool design. I love that they were sneaking around with, like, hoods on. It's great. And th- even 3PO had a cloak on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love 3PO in a cloak. They oh, all good. had a matching outfit. It was so cute. Kajimi was <laughs> rad. I really hope nothing happens to it, because I'd love to see it in more future material. Um, okay. I also <laughs> I also <laughs> thought it was, uh, it was cool that uh, we finally got a chance to see that the First Order sucks. I mean, I guess we've seen it before, but this was Wait. like seeing them in like day to day. Right? Sorry, that's poorly worded. Right. But like in sort of like day to day, like how they're operating in the quote unquote yeah. real world. Right. 
that this is not just about like the new republic government right. or about these like resistance fighters who are in their business all the time yeah. like these are just normal the normies people. yeah yeah um so they get they get on kajimi I loved 3PO in a cloak, but I could only... You know that sexy 3PO thing where he takes off the yes! cloak? The Tartakovsky cloak? That's yes! all I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. That's me. Oh, I wish she'd done that. That's me. It's like, god damn it, JJ. It's so sexy when he does that. Oh my god. <laughs> like... His, Stupid sixty three PR. Yeah, because like his chest is puffed out a little bit, and like his his elbows are pushed in to make his like waist look really small. Like, and it's like, <laughs> look, it's still draped around the forearms. Like, it's very sexy moment. Oh, it's very very, very <laughs> sexy moment. I think how many people cut that from this movie? One of the sexiest moments in Star Wars. Clearly, <laughs> and. <laughs> So they're on Kajimi, and then they run into Zori Bliss, who looks very cool, I will say. Love a girl in a helmet. And Zori Bliss and Rey immediately fall in love with each other. Yeah, right? Yeah, I really... Because one thing that was, like, before this movie came out, they're, like, asking Daisy Ridley about Rey or whatever, and she's like, one thing I tell you is that she's still extremely earnest. Um, And this moment shows that, like, she kicks everyone's ass, and then she holds out her hand to uh to Zori and Zori's like I, you you won't care but I think you're okay and Ray's like she's so happy she's like I do care thank you you're pretty cool too oh my god and then uh then we find out Poe was a spice runner I guess <laughs> he probably look we've all had time trying to pay for uni okay yeah which I feel like they just put it in there because Han ran spice and they were trying to like I don't know I don't know it was why probably like a brief time he had where he like you know how every teen kind of has a rebellion well, moment? In, in, in like the they gave a timeline for this because there was questions about it, and it was like right after Shara died. Like this was his mm. lashing out to like probably Kess's like deep depression where he couldn't like function anymore. And probably um, part of it was wanting to escape like the reminders of it as well, like right. involved yeah, in yeah. the navy and stuff. He was like, yeah. "I'm out of here," and like found a group of friends who were like didn't care about his past at all. Also, yeah. I'm so over the arguments about continuity because everyone who's saying, like, that doesn't make sense because he flew for the Resistance and he flew for the Republic. Yeah, I've had, like, 15 jobs in the 10 right. years that I've been of working eight. Like, right? <laughs> he could have been doing it on the side. Like, he was just doing Uber on the side, okay? Like, it's not... Like, I don't think he came from, like, childhood to, like, suddenly pilot to more pilot. Like, he didn't grow <laughs> the up... The classic pilot wasn't... track where you go from pilot to more pilot. <laughs> You go from child to pilot to war pilot. Like, no, I feel like he had some other jobs in the middle there. Yeah. And, and he also, also worked at, like, a pretzel stand in the mall for a couple of years, but you don't see anyone in a tizzy fit about that. It builds character. <laughs> Everyone needs to work retail in their life. And I also, retail I also, or hospital. Yeah. Yes. I also kind of like that the movie was like, it's not that big of a deal. Finn was a stormtrooper. Ray was a scavenger. Like, I, on. That's one of my favorite bits in this movie, actually, is when, like, Finn's like, you rain spice? He's like, like, were you a stormtrooper? And Ray's like, you're advice? Like, were you a scavenger? Like, <laughs> we've all got baggage. For one thing that's really funny, but for another thing, like, actually being able to talk to someone like that and, like, not be a fight or whatever, it, like, does show actually, like, really proper friendship that, like, <laughs> they're comfortable with each other to the point that, like, they can discuss their traumas and, like, make fun of each other's past and everything. Like, that moment was funny, but also I was like, oh, they're such good friends. Oh my god, they're Rogue Padron. They are Rogue Podron. Oh my god, they are Rogue Podron. <laughs> um, 
I like Zori Bliss a lot, but I don't like her as much as my new favorite Star Wars character, Babu Frick. <laughs> okay. Hey! I think I'm here to say that I was wrong. I was wrong. I love Babu Frick so much. Oh my god, he's so good. There are two puppets that I love now, and it's Baby Yoda and Babu Frick. <laughs> Um, wow, 2019 was good on the puppets for Saf front. Yeah. yeah, they really right at the end of the year they were like, we need to make we need to make Saf like some puppets. Okay, we have to do it, and they did it. Like, oh god, I love Bobby. He's so tiny. He's way smaller than I thought, and he's just like a little like. And he's just going about guy. his business. He's just like happy to be alive. He's like, you want me to destroy erase the his memory? Great, let's do it. Yeah, but and then like when he speaks, I love it. He's like, droid, like, go. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, so good. <laughs> He's so cute. Um, yeah, even even my, I can tell, like, my dad's not super talkative, but, like, after he saw Tross, he was like, Bobby Frick. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Agreed. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the text message, Bobby Frick. <laughs> that's it. That's the text. Um, His laugh, too. I can't get it out of my oh head. God, he's so funny. Just, so hey, hey. Oh. Hey. <laughs> Um, so while the I also I, I can't wait to get this movie on um, Blu-ray or whatever. I can't wait to come out so I can pause it on every frame and see what kind of droids he's got hanging in his workshop. Because I feel like I saw an astromech in the back there, and I was like, ooh, like a round one, one of the little circular ball BBs. And I was like, ooh, ooh, astromechs, um, droids. So yeah, I I do want to investigate those droids. Yeah, it was cool great. So why are they trying to figure out what uh, what to do about three PO and wipe his memory, which I was very uncomfortable with. Yeah. I, those 3PO, I do like that in this moment as well. I like a lot of bits of this movie, if you can't tell. Uh, Ray's like, you know the odds better than anyone. So she's like... Yes, that was a good line. He does know the odds. For once, for once, he's actually being asked the odds. And she's like, do you have it? Do we have a choice? And he, he well, is like, no, we don't. We have to do this. It's like one of the first times that people actually acknowledge 3PO's feelings about something. Yeah. 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 And of course it's Ray that does it. And and 3PO gets that speech that, that I love where, where 3PO's just like, if we don't do this if we fail everything that we've done all this time doesn't mean anything right so like, he's been there all this time and it's not so it's not like they took like l like what they did with l3 was take away her consent in the matter of sticking her in the hyperdrive yeah. right but but um with 3po 3po makes that choice he's like this Actively is a thing makes a choice yeah like this is a thing and i don't and that- want this to happen but and remember last time when I was talking about how droids, like truly sentient droids, have choice? Mm-hmm. Yep. That is the moment where 3PO actually exerts his sentient, like full sentience and full like autonomy over himself. Yeah. Right. And his friends give him that choice too. They don't force him to do it because he's like, oh, we have to. They're like, we need to do this. But like, it, do we actually? Like, is there another way to do this, 3PO? And right. he's like, no. I have been through all of this. I've seen all of this with my husband, R2-D2, and, like, this is what I have to do now. Yeah. When when this happened, I really thought of Jin um, going, like, you know, what chance, what choice. Like, crap, we got to do this stuff. And, like, yeah. 3PO's a hero just like that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I'd A like- rare C-3PO Jin Urso comparison appears. Yeah. yeah, I did not expect that, but there we go. There it yeah. is. But it's true, though. He's like, well, we have to. I. Yeah, and I like that, like, this was the, the first moment, I think, where the saga acknowledged 3PO's role in everything, because he's been there since the beginning. Yeah. And, yeah. like, I, I love that they gave him that line that's like, everything we've done all this time won't matter. And, like, even though he doesn't know about those memories before um, Revenge of the Sith, like, you still get 
it, it still like invokes the feeling of like everything that happened with Anakin and Padme and Luke and Leia, none of that matters if I don't do that. And it was great. I, I cried like a little baby and didn't yeah. stop for the rest of the movie. <laughs> um, I, the only thing I would like, I, I like that they sacrifice. It did kind of feel kind of cheap later when the, it's just like, Oh, R2 has his memories. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like the Chewie, oh my god, Chewie died. Nah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I also feel like it would have been hard to actually fully wipe his memories. I mean, it would have been really hard to wipe his memories and then not have a way to bring them back if he stayed functional as a droid. Because, like, like I said before, <laughs> droid brains, like, if they're dead, it doesn't, like, if things change in it, it doesn't mean that they're, like, completely destroyed. They're not, like, human brains. They're not, like, right. stupid little things. Yeah. Um, and like it would make sense. I think it's probably been established previously in canon as well. Anyways, that three that R two does have backups of three PO's memory, um, so like kinda, it makes sense. I also kind of like the idea that R two backs up all his memories. They never yeah. say that in the movie, and I wish they would have just said one line to kind of like establish that all of his memories were back because that would be a great way to end it. Hmm. I do like that. There's that chance now, though. They've given the ambiguity that like R two has actually kept all three PO's memories all this time, mm-hmm. and maybe three PO does actually remember all of the stuff that he doesn't think he does. But also, like, it's cheap. But also, I do love the comedy of him not knowing like anything that's <laughs> oh happening. But then at the end, being like, "I'm so excited for this mission." R two's like, "Oh, oh, buddy. Oh my god. I'm so sorry." Oh, Babu Frick. He's one of my oldest friends. <laughs> He's so <laughs> sweet. God bless. I love that scene where Babu Frick where. C-3PO's like, oh, I'm C-3PO, who are you? And he's like, I'm Babu Frick. And then Poe's like, that's going to be a problem, okay? (laughs) (laughs) This is great. It's the same as Endgame, where Groot goes, I am Groot. And then Chris Evans goes, Steve Rogers, like, very sincerely. (laughs) Yeah. It's like that, which is a great moment of Endgame. Uh, A rare C-3PO Captain America comparison appears. C-3PO is all of us. Um, Hero. Hero material. And uh, while they're... So during all this, Zori and Poe have a little moment in a chat, and you find out that Zori has this First Order Captain's Medallion that's going to get her off of the planet and get her through a First Order blockade. And you find out that um, the First Order has taken all the kids from this planet as well. Yeah, and that's... Like, I... I, I'm beginning to think that the First Order are the bad guys here. Hmm, just a feeling. I like actually seeing a planet where it's happened, though, because it's referenced as a thing, but they never actually go somewhere where that's been an issue. Yep. And and while they're escaping, Kajimi post says, 3PO, move your shiny metal ass, which I thought was pretty funny. (laughs) 3PO's like, that's so rude. I don't even know you. Imagine being C-3PO. He's just surrounded by strangers, and they're like, okay, time to run. Yelling at him, <laughs> talking about his shiny metal ass. Like, I want to go back to Babu Frick, right. my best friend. Where's my friend Babu? He was very respectful. Um, and Zori gives Poe, they need. To, they find out that Chewie is alive, and he's on the Star Destroyer. So Zori gives Poe the captain's medallion to get onto the Star Destroyer to rescue Chewie. Oh. And, Yep. <laughs> Also, the Knights of Rena also there. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot the Knights so of Rena. So useless. They're, They're just literally there. lurking around corners and saving uselessly <laughs> the entire. I feel They're like the Knights of Ren were just cool. like the filmmakers were like, "Well, we mentioned the Knights of Ren in the first movie. We gotta tie up that plot thread. So here, oh, they'll just be like, around. They'll just be off to the left in every scene." Oh my god, it's so. 
stupid. Abrams is just like, I made these people, I referenced them in the first movie, now I actually have to deal with them, god damn it. Damn it. Why? No one told me my actions would have repercussions. <laughs> like, I didn't think I'd be coming back to this trilogy. <laughs> I, I think the main uh, reason of their existence is so that Kylo could have a cool title, like Knight, Master of the Knights of Ren, um, but also so that he could have a cool gang around him to always look cool whenever he walks into a room. Uh, yeah. This never explained why he's called Kylo Ren and not, like, Darth Ren. It's because he's not a Sith. He's not a Sith. And that's established fact. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I, can, I just today read the first two issues of... Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren the comic series. Oh yeah, if you mean to read that. And Kylo Ren chose his name because, and I quote, it's a name I always called myself when I was a young child. <laughs> so there's your answer. What, what the what? I what? And Snoke says that's good. Go with that because when you're a child, you don't have all these weird hang-ups that adults have about things. So that is your most true oh. representation of yourself. That could have been that could have been a Palpatine thing though as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's like it's like those weeb friends I had growing up oh, no. would give themselves Japanese names. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, absolutely. And when I was a kid, I just was like determined to... to be a cat. So I don't know. <laughs> you had like a jellical name or like... no i i didn't have a name as a cat i was just a cat okay. so like uh, snoke's like as a child you're your most pure self and so that's how the cats movie happened <laughs> nothing is about your pure self about the cat you know i go by a nickname that i decided i was going to be called when i was like four so fair enough kylo fair. god i didn't get to theft till i was like eight, 18 so takes a while sometimes uh, I think that's what we're going to call it for this week, right? <laughs> Cats the musical. That's it. Cat, How fitting. Cats. <laughs> should probably. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, oh, okay. So this week we do have a listener question for you, though. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess I'll take those. this since Ash just did lots of talking. Um, so last week we asked you what book should Rogue Potter and eat to become real fans. No one answered this. So yeah, we're no, so not only do we not have any iTunes reviews to to feed us this week, we also don't know what books we're supposed to eat. So we are really this was hungry. Such a real good question too. This was a really good question. So I'm mad about this. Yeah, we got totally shafted on this. <sighs> it was my answer is courtship. Yeah, I think that made us very strong. <laughs> Yes, we've read Much it. Like we haven't eaten it. Because if you can stomach courtship, I think you you definitely ah. proved your Star Wars. Ah. Ah. So this week we want to know what other side gigs did Poe Dameron have to help pay for his college tuition? Oh, he was absolutely a busker with a guitar that he'd like just learned how to play, and so he'd go out onto like the streets of God, whatever the planet's called, the one that blew up, um, and like would just play his guitar like his sad boy songs and sometimes people would give him a little bit of money wait is he is he out there playing sad boy songs before or after the planet blew up no before the planet blew up this okay. is what he was, this so is they're just a sad people all together no yeah. no he's just sad he's just a sad teenage boy who's trying to do the best in his life so of course he's gonna play those like sad boy songs, sad boy sure. songs. Sure, sure. the acoustic sad boy songs yeah I, like, my the- favorite genre <laughs> 
Here's a here's a fact about Ash. I paid my way through an entire trip to Nashville by busking because I was 18 and didn't have any money. That's amazing. So you're just saying you're Poe Dameron? Sure. Um, all right. Um, I'm gonna say that he was one of those people that you could pay to pretend to be your boyfriend um, <laughs> to bring home for family holidays and stuff, so your family would leave you the heck alone. Oh my god, he'd be so good at that. He'd be great at that, right? <laughs> um, I'm just like, gonna yeah. say... Sorry, finish. Oh, because, like, who who wouldn't be, like, pleased about a potential son-in-law, Poe Dameron? And, because he's so he charming. For liter- with literally everyone, so he doesn't even have yeah. to try that hard. Correct! Like, he has good chemistry, so it's, like, any kind of non-human, any kind of human, like, whatever you want to do, like, he can work. He he will make everyone think you are truly in love. What parent wouldn't be pleased as Pudge to have you bring Poe Dameron home for the holidays? Right. First exactly. order. Bullshit. But even then, that's the point. They want to piss off their parents. Yeah. God bless. Well, he probably has different, like, personas. Like, depending on the package that you purchase, he can, like, be... He can be, like, the endearing boyfriend, or he can, like, enrage them. So he's got, like, different piercings, or, like, hairstyles, or, like, leather jacket, maybe, that he'll use if he's trying to go for the more enraging personality. Or, like, a soft cardigan, if he wants to impress him and make him think he's a good boy. Yeah, same same closet that Ben Solo got his outfits from, as it turns out. Oh my god, am I gonna write this fake dating at you? I might have to write this fake dating at you. Please do. Yeah. Please do. Oh my, oh my god. Well, I'm just going to say for my answer that there are a lot of calendars and magazine centerfolds that Poe Dameron is really <laughs> hoping that his friends in the Resistance do not get their hands on. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing because it's canon. <laughs> it is canon that he like they put him on the recruitment posters because he's so oh, hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and everyone kept talking about it. Like... Yep, they're just like, we hear you do modeling. And he's like, yep, yep, it's this Resistance recruitment poster. That's it. That's the one. There you, there's your answer. <laughs> no need to Google more, my name, my that's for sure. I'm going to say Ooh. he was like a bartender because I feel like he'd get really good tips because he's yeah, really yeah. charismatic and attractive. Also, he probably like does real fancy tricks with the yeah. shaker and stuff. Yeah, like stuff totally. on fire. He's definitely like burned his eyebrows off at one point trying to see a drink on fire. <laughs> yeah. it, it put a real damper on his fake boyfriend gig, unfortunately. <laughs> I can't believe I, oh god I really want to write that <laughs> but who's the endgame couple being part Ben Poe on, well I always write fan Poe but like what if it's a Ben no, no, Poe being, and he hires par, yeah. yeah but he hires he hires him because he's like oh get my mom off my back I have to bring someone to this like stupid oh my god it could be so good <laughs> see Ben Poe works so well for it because he has a good reason to hire par because his mom likes Poe more than Yeah, his mom loves Poe, so he's like, oh, I hear you, uh, you do this thing. Please. <laughs> oh my god, okay, alright, alright. Oh, that's true! Oh, this has big coat. Oh, oh. <laughs> there's, there's a Voltron pairing that has a very similar vibe that I wrote a fake dating, like, snippet for. Very Amazing. same vibe. Very amazing fun. stuff okay all right i'll think about this <laughs> all right listeners hit us up with your answers to this question of what poe did to help pay for his college tuition please help us uh have more quick inspirations that would be great <laughs> you can hit us up on twitter at rogue Podron. you can find us 
on our website, ropodron.com. I completely blanked on what the, the one. links were there for a second. <laughs> I was like, you can find us on, uh... uh Just look at the show website. notes, it's all in there. Is it? No, it's not. Yeah, I put, you, I put you, a lot of stuff in the show notes. No, sorry, I meant our listeners should look at the show notes in their podcast because it oh. has all the... Never mind. Oh. All the things you're saying me. will be in there. Yeah, anyways, go to... Who looks at show notes, Danny? Not me. Um... Go to Twitter at RoguePodron. Find us at our website, RoguePodron.com. We have an email, which is RoguePodron at gmail.com. We can be found on pretty much any podcatcher that you like to use. Um, iTunes, FeedBurner, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Pod, Pocket Casts, if you like that. It's a, it's an Australian podcast. Whatever one thing. you're currently listening to us with, you can find us there, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, sorry, I just, I just want to like show for Pocket Cast for a second because they're really good and it's made by an Adelaide developer and it's a really good podcatcher. Um, anyways, <laughs> you can also review us on iTunes. You should review us on iTunes. Leave us a nice rating. Let us know why you like us. Let us brag about it to other people. Let us eat stars. Let other people looking through podcasts know why they should listen to us and why, why they should have us inflicted upon them. Um, if you want to play a fun joke on people, give us five stars. <laughs> <laughs> you know it'd be like a really cool prank if you gave us five stars if you gave us five stars Perfect. and made us look real good and respectable so that more people listen to us that would that be a real great prank <laughs> and if you want to know more about our love for puppets you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash uh, where we have some cool some cool things that you can look up and you can get you can get the things. Uh, you can tell I woke <laughs> up right, late today. All right, all you can right. get some cool things, including our Discord and Meg doing cool embroideries for you. And Meg is using a cane general. to pull you off stage right now. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. I'm done. Anyways, you can pull right, me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Whew>, all right. <laughs> so next time. It'll be part two of our trust review in which we'll have very important things to say. Probably. Probably. <laughs> we'll be starting at the crystal star in February, like beginning of February. Um, so get, pre- get prepared for that. Get your Make copy. Sure you have the right book in your cover. From Amazon or apparently walmart.com. Uh, because you might get the wrong book. Can so. you believe this year began with us actually making Del Rey talk about Crystal Star again? <laughs> because too many people are buying it. <laughs> They're like, why is this happening? We need to publish more of these. I, I like to believe that it's actually been like multiple years now that Witchfire and Crystal Star right. have been switched, but just no one noticed until like we started talking about it on Twitter this last week. I love to believe this. Oh my god. So, we will have chapter breakdowns posted very soon. We have the graphics, so get ready for that. Get your friends to buy it. Get your friends to read it. Get everyone involved. Everyone. We're so excited to be back to reading quality literature together. I'm so excited. I can't believe we're actually doing this, but I'm so excited for it. Yeah, Correct. That's the right vibe to go and do it. (laughs) Start this All year right. off right with Crystal Star. Yep. <laughs> Start this year off right in February. <laughs> the the actual a month for cover. It's the Lunar New Year. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. January is like a wrap the up. Crystal month, Moon. Anyway. Oh. Crystal Moon Power. That's Sailor Moon. Anyway, next time. 
we'll see you next time. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. That was so hard to do. <laughs> I feel like we were both in that mood, Meg. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, what, what is the next word meant to be in this sentence? <laughs> oh, Moon Crisis Tower. Oh god. So here's a fun story about the copy of Crystal Star I got from my local library. Is it your copy it's of Crystal Star? My, it's my copy of Crystal Star from when I was a kid. <laughs> and I know this because I used to dog ear the bottom of pages like a psychopath. Oh my god. And then I saw in the margins I had written notes. Oh! You found it found its way back. You are definitely going to be reading those notes on the episode as we get to them, yes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> we need to know your, like, 10-year-old <laughs> notes. No, 11-year-old Ash's observations about Star Wars. Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. It's like a time and capsule. I, and I'm friends with the librarian, and I went up to her, and I was like, oh my god, this is my book from when I was, like, 12. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have an exciting Crystal Star story. Um, I wish I did. You I have scoured. <laughs> I've got a normal copy that I can't tell if it has typos or not. Um, I, I've been scouring all of the like secondhand stores around me to see if I can find a copy of it, and I have not been able to find a copy of it. I haven't found a copy of any stupid Star Wars books, and I'm very disappointed. That's extremely disappointing. I tried to get it at a local like used bookstore, and I ended up just buying a different Star Wars book <laughs> that I already <laughs> owned. <laughs> Was it the Mandalorian armor? It was the Mandalorian armor. Oh yeah, of course. Which is actually quite good, but different. (laughs) Yes. About the Mandalorians. Boba Fett's on the cover. (laughs) Book one of the Bounty Hunter War. You get Prince Caesar in it. You know, the dude the creepy dude. Oh, that guy. Oh, he's so creepy. Yeah, I've heard that that guy is good and not a problem. Not, not problematic at all. at all. Just get super rapey. Nope, not at all. Oh, God, I forgot about him. I purposefully wiped him from my memory. We all did. Oh, just like C-3PO. <laughs> oh, no. You're all C-3PO. Oh, we're all C-3PO.